0: Welcome to the Stronger Than Your Boyfriend podcast. We are Heather and Katie, owners of Barpath Fitness, here to help you sift through the bullshit and toxic misinformation that permeates the fitness industry. Today, we have a and a podcast.
1: So we usually do about three questions for these. So if you have questions for us that you want us to answer on the podcast, ask us in our Facebook group, Stronger Than Your Boyfriend. Hit us up on, I don't know, Instagram, maybe TikTok, maybe we might see it. Um, Or you can email us if you're cool. If you're
0: on our email list, you
1: can just actually reply to the email and ask a question. Cool. Okay. I'm going to take the first one because Heather's going to explain the first half of it. So question number one, what are your favorite movements for strengthening the adductors? Okay. So adductors, if you're not sure,
0: um, they are in charge of adduction, obviously. Um, So that is uh, your inner thigh muscles and they're in charge of the inward movement toward the midline of your body. So moving your legs towards each other. Um, But also they aid a little bit in hip rotation and flexion as well as pelvic stabilization.
1: Yeah. So they definitely help to stabilize the hips. So they're super important to train, right? But I feel like a lot of people don't have any or they neglect like direct work for the adductors so i wanted to start off with some movements um that you guys can add and start adding into your training i'm going to start with just some like basic more you know beginner movements um the first one i always recommend for people is um a med ball squeeze so medicine ball squeeze you're just going to grab a medicine ball um Put it between your legs. So you're lying on your back, your knees are kind of up, and then you're just kind of squeezing the ball in between your legs and trying to contract those inner thigh muscles or your adductors as as much as humanly possible, right? Um, And usually I have people do it for maybe like two to three sets for like 30 to 40 seconds, just trying to, um, again, like squeeze as hard as possible. You can also do this with a foam roller too, if you don't have a medicine ball, Um, any like soft surface, um, semi-soft, semi-hard, I guess, um, surface where you can like squeeze without like a ton of pain. Um, Another yeah. good one that um, you can do that's really basic, and we'll go into the more fun and complicated
0: ones in a minute, but another good kind of beginner basic move, um, if you're just starting out with these, is side-lying adduction lifts. So you've probably done side-lying leg lifts before where you're lying on your side and you lift your top leg. In this instance, you're basically going to lift your bottom leg. So you got to move that top leg out of the way. So you can either put it behind or in front of you um, and put your foot on the floor where your knees like facing the ceiling, and then you just lift your bottom leg instead. So you're, you're working the inner thigh against gravity.
1: Yeah. And if... Those get a little bit too easy with your body weight. You can always like, if, if you're, if you have access to it, grab an ankle weight and just kind of like wear Ooh, it around there weights. and, you know, progress it <laughs> loading wise. Yeah. Um, Cause usually people progress pretty quickly um, from the, the lying adduction lift, but it's definitely a good beginner movement. Um, So yeah, once you kind of master these two beginner movements, or you're feeling like you can progress from there, we can move on to everyone's favorite movement, especially all my clients listening. And that (laughs) is the horse stance squat. So Uh this one, we've explained it many times before, but essentially you're, you know, you're, you're in a wide stance squat position with your toes pointed forward because that will force you to drive the knees out, which so you're exter- externally rotating the hips, right? So you're activating your hips and your glutes, but also you're putting a lot of stress on the inner thigh muscles or the the adductors, right? Because you're stabilizing in that position. So we can link like our YouTube video, we have a whole video explaining how to do it. So I'm not going to, you know, go into it in this podcast specifically. But it's definitely the horse stance squat. I've noticed is one of the best movements I've ever incorporated into my training. Um, I mean, you're also getting like, you know, bonus, uh, you're bettering your hip mobility as well, but I really didn't work my adductors all that much before my coach started programming these into my routine. And now I feel like, especially I feel the carryover into my back squats, like my barbell back squats. I've noticed like I used to get, you know, sometimes I used to get kind of sore in my adductors or I just feel like I couldn't like, I don't know, connect to those to that to the adductors as much just because I didn't really think about them and I definitely neglected them. So, this one it kind of forces you to because you're literally just like holding the squat position while your adductors are burning and a lot of other muscles too. So, Yes. Heather loves this one. No, I don't. I yeah. Hate it. Well, my favorite one is actually the
0: Copenhagen plank, which I can also link that one. I'll just link a bunch of videos in the show notes. Um, so the Copenhagen plank is interesting. Um, I know that some people struggle with this one if you have knee pain. Um, so I will warn you on that. There is a way to kind of um, aid in that though. So what it is, is when you are, you have a bench or some other, I would say about bench height item um, where you're going to rest your legs. You're going to lie down and you're going to basically lie on your side, just like you were going to do a side leg lift. And you're going to basically do a side plank, but your top leg is going to be resting on a bench. And the, the closer the bench is to your knee, um, the less stress you'll find on your knee. So if you want to rest it like right on your your um, calf or, well, I guess the side of your calf and chin, um, then it's going to feel a little bit better than if you were to rest just your ankle on it, right? Um, so, and it's going to be harder um, on the adductors if you just rest your ankle. So you're basically going to hold yourself up in the plank. You're also going to lift that bottom leg up as well. So everything's kind of being held on by your top leg. So we'll post a video of that as well. It is a little more advanced, um, but it's definitely one of my favorites
1: and it's very challenging. So try it out if you're ready. It's like a side plank on steroids, Yeah, but I mean, you are working your, your, your core and your obliques with it too, but a a lot of the stress is going to be on the adductors just from the the foot position and how you're stabilizing. So, um, okay. Last one. I mean, there's a ton of movements for your adductors, but last one of my favorites, um, to, to work is the weighted butterfly stretch. So with this one, you're just going to grab a couple or a pair or set of dumbbells. And sit against the wall. Your feet are going to be basically like pushing together, so you have that little like butterfly setup position. And you're gonna um, push the top of the dumbbells. So you're gonna rest the dumbbells on your knees and kind of push your knees down towards the floor as you're tr- um, trying to drive your knees into the dumbbell. So essentially, it's kind of like an isometric contraction. Like you're, you know, you're pushing down as you're resist or you know resisting up into the the dumbbells if that makes sense. Um again, we probably should show more of a visual, but I like to do reps first, just, that way you're just kind of like opening up that groin area and kind of working the mobility at first, and then usually on the last rep I'll make people do like a hold where they're doing that isometric contraction where you know you're pushing the knees down and then at the same time trying to drive up into the dumbbell. So, that's a really good one. Um again, it's one of those movements that you're going to work strength and mobility, so um, Um, bigger bang for your buck. So yeah, those are our favorite ones. I mean, again, there are millions more, but yeah, yeah, we'll start there for those. Cool. All right.
0: Question number two, how many days
1: should I lift for maximal results? Okay. So there's a lot that goes into this. Um, (laughs) Loaded question. This is a very loaded question. I feel like most of the questions we get are (laughs) loaded questions, but I, it, it totally depends on you and where you're kind of at in your life, in your training life. Like, do you how stressed are you? <laughs> I think feel like that's the number one question. Like if you're a bodybuilder and you know that's what you do for a living and you know, you sleep nine hours a night and you don't really have much other stress. You don't have kids or a family, and you know you're eating well, like maybe you can get away with more days per week. But I feel like that's not the case for most of the people listening here. So first and foremost, like it depends on the cadence that you like. However, I generally see that three full body strength training days works the best for most people. Um, You know, you can manage your time during the week. So, you know, if you miss a day, you have, you know, seven days to make up or to to get in the three days of training, right? Um, And you're also with the three full body strength training days, you're stimulating each muscle group more often with compound movements, instead of hammering a muscle group, you know, one day, and then waiting a week until you hit it again. So, This is just you know based off of like my experience in the gym, my my experience you know training clients in the gym. This is just what I find works best. Um, A a four day split works well too. Like um, maybe it's structured. uh, This is how I structure it for clients: two upper body days, two lower body days. Um, That way you're hitting you know compound movements each day, but there's a little bit more room for accessory work if we're kind of focusing on you know one part of the body that we're working. But I I want to know like. (laughs) less is more when it comes to strength training. And I know I touched on, like, it depends on the cadence you like, and that's definitely important. However, like if you're one of those people who, you know, you're like, well, I like seven days a week strength training. Well, okay. We need to address something there because that's not going to get you maximal results because you need that recovery time. Um, but we generally prefer like more, you know, full body compound movement, days over like body part splits that's generally how we see you know maximal results for people so yeah most people
0: are not bodybuilders they're not going to spend the time in the gym uh in order to hit the right amount of volume to do a bodybuilding split if that makes sense right so there's a certain amount of volume that you want to hit for each muscle group and when you're doing a bodybuilding split you're really like you're doing back and biceps, chest and triceps whatever um then you're probably not hitting the muscle group as many times as you could if you were doing more of a um kind of compound lift full body uh, structure in your program. So that's why we recommend that most of the time.
1: Yeah. And with your, when you're doing like a full body routine, you're utilizing these compound lifts, you're, you're gonna get better results because you're almost like practicing these movements more and compound movements recruit a lot more muscle groups than just like, you know, an accessory movement where you're just kind of like isolating, you know, the bicep or whatever muscle you're working. So that's, you know, a big part of why we see better results this way. Um, but also like Heather was saying, like, <laughs> I don't know, most people aren't bodybuilders. And if you want to look like a bodybuilder, you need to take steroids. Like that's <laughs> how you're going to do it. Um, you don't need to train the, the way that they do. And like I said, like our most people don't, don't do that for a living so we are not telling you to take steroids no we're not (laughs) but i'm saying if you want to look like a bodybuilder like that's probably what you're going to have to do (sighs) and then adopt their entire lifestyle of sleeping nine hours and napping and you know weighing every single morsel of food and like hitting your macros like there's a lot that goes into it so i just feel like people have you know yeah
0: i think people have unrealistic expectations and yeah. that's because of people in the fitness industry so it's yeah. not people's fault
1: yeah and i want to address like the question you know it says how do i how many days do i live for maximal results well like what is your goal like that's a huge thing to keep in mind but also like for strength training purposes as far as like your workout routine this works for any goal really so like are you trying to gain muscle what we just described works like are you trying to lose body fat what we just described works so it's more that comes down to like your diet, your lifestyle, you know, everything outside of the gym. So I just wanted to touch on that because I feel like, you know, some people are like, Oh, should I like do higher reps if I want to lean out? And it's like, no, you should always be, you know, training this way with hitting the compound movements, progressing your, your workout somehow. But again, it's, it's kind of like a, I don't know, a vague question. I mean, yeah. maximal results, like what does that even mean for you? Like what is the maximum result that you want to see? Yeah, Like that could be, I just want to be consistent in the gym or I want to gain 10 pounds of muscle. Like there are, oh, <laughs> there's a huge difference in both of those goals and they're at, you know, either end of the spectrum here. So Yeah. I feel like we would need a little bit more context, but generally that's what we see as far as like strength training and cadence.
0: Yeah. We take a lot of variables into account when programming for, for clients. Um, number one is how many days are you going to stick to it? Right. Exactly. (laughs) What's going to work. And then we take into account stress. And then from there, we take into account a lot of other factors like sleep, um, training age and history access, um, Body size. There's just a lot of various factors that you can take into account when you're um, calculating how much volume you should do.
1: Yeah, and that's why I said it depends on where you're at in your life. Like, I I have a lot of clients who are, you know, they have a bunch of kids, they're stressed out, they're always sick, and the maximum time in the gym for them per week is like two to three days for those people. Like any more than that, they would probably start to see some diminishing returns because there's so much stress, so much stress going on in their life, right? But also like. If you're, I don't know, if you are like super not stressed and you're sleeping enough and your job is cush and it's not really stressed at all, or you don't get stressed out a lot at all, like maybe maximum, you know, maximal results for you look like, five or six days in the gym or you know so it just depends on the the person but also like like i said the three to four days is generally the sweet spot we see so
0: and if you want to find another place to start you can look at our training splits blog which i will post in
1: in the show notes. yeah we actually lay out like what the actual workouts could look like so we give some examples so you could um take that and kind of like structure your own routine that way so all right question number three (laughs) you guys talk about cold therapy a lot how should I go about starting it if I've never taken an ice bath before? Just jump right in 35 degrees, 10 minutes. No, I'm just kidding. No, (laughs) don't do that. Um, You literally need to start very, very slow with this because it's intense, right? Just like strength training, less is more. So what I did and what I generally tell people to do is start with a few minutes of a cold shower. So you can start with your hot shower and then end with like one or two minutes of a cold shower. And you'll find that it really sucks. And then you'll build up over time, right? So like maybe you're doing five minutes of a cold shower. And then, um, you know, just get used to this first. And once it doesn't feel intense anymore, then you can graduate to the ice bath, right? And just like I said, like, do not go insane when you start these I would recommend literally just starting with like 55, you know, your ice bath, 55 degrees for two minutes and see how you do. And then build up to maybe five minutes around that 55 degree mark, Um, you know, where you can finish it without feeling like you're going to lose your shit. For me,
0: it was 10 seconds the first time.
1: Yeah. And then it was, I think I got up
0: to two minutes the second time. Yeah, but the did, first time I was just I freaked myself out. Yeah,
1: I mean, it was about like 52 or 53 degrees when Heather did it. Um, but then like you'll notice like, okay, 55 degrees for five-ish minutes. It's really like I feel like I can handle this, you know, a lot better than I did in the beginning. So that's when you start dropping the temperature um, and the time, again, as you build your tolerance. So an example could look like maybe drop to 50 degrees for two minutes and then build up to your five minutes again. And then once you're good there, then drop to 45 degrees for one or two minutes and build up. And, you know, maybe you can work your way up or down, however you want to look at it, down to 40 degrees, you know, for maybe about five minutes. But honestly, I don't think you need to go much past that. I feel like there's a lot of people on Instagram these days they are like, yeah, I did 35 degrees for 10 minutes. I feel like that's really intense. And especially for women, I feel like that's a little bit too much stress on our bodies. Um, So, yeah, I feel like maybe 40 degrees is is the max or minimum. I don't know the right way to say it. (laughs) The max coldness you want to get to. But and then again, like just kind of you, you don't need to do it every day either, like Maybe you're starting with like the cold shower a few times a week and then maybe the ice bath a few times a week. And even when you're like kind of like a cold therapy pro, I don't feel like you need to do it every single day Um, unless you really like it. Like for me personally, I feel the most benefit as far as like the mental effects um so like i like to do it every day just because i feel mentally sharp after but if you're trying to do it for like recovery and inflammation and you know all the basically like recovery benefits you get get from it uh, three to four times a week is pretty good um you could even start with two i'm trying to get heather to just do one time a week but (laughs) she's not currently yeah so i'm not (laughs) it's cold here in colorado i have to like warm up our ice bath because it's like 35 degrees every morning so i have to like put some hot water in it to get it up to like 45 degrees so it's um it's pretty intense but yeah a little bit a little bit yeah
0: and keep in mind that ice baths and cold therapy are not for everyone if you have medical conditions um please talk to your doctor um i mean you might want to talk to your doctor anyway but if you have a medical condition specifically you're going to want to talk to your doctor and i know some
1: people have complications that they cannot do this cold therapy so yeah, yeah. but also like that definitely take into account um But also, I feel like a lot of people are just like, I can't do it because I hate the cold. Well, you probably should try it then. (laughs) I mean, get clearance from your doctor first, obviously. But we also have a cold therapy podcast, like all about cold therapy. So you should listen to that. And we can give some cool, pun intended, (laughs) tips and tricks. Dad joke. Good dad (laughs) joke. Um, Some cool tips and tricks in that one. So I think it's like episode seven am i Is right it? i'm gonna check right now. i don't now. know well we'll link it either way but um so yeah start there um you know you don't have to like buy any fancy episode 10 episode 10 uh for the ice the cold therapy it's podcast. called freeze your butt off freeze your butt off um but yeah like i was saying you don't have to like buy a fancy like ice bath or ice tub you could literally just fill your bathtub um with some ice and then like figure out a way to get the temperature and then go from there so, yeah
0: yeah cool cool awesome yeah You can also read about cold therapy on the article that I'm going to post in the show notes. We have a blog about it, of course. And if you have questions for us,
1: like Kitty said in the beginning, let us know. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. In in any format you please.
1: You know, you can slide into the DMs too. I am about that. Yes social needs. I loves when I say the needs. Totally. Um, cool. All right. Awesome. If you like this podcast, please share it with your friends and we would love it if you would leave us a review. Share only with your cool friends. <laughs> oh my gosh. More puns. <laughs> okay. See you next time. Peace
0: out.